When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Woman Corner. I'm Graham Brown and welcome to your weekly podcast that can offer you some escapism for quite how much dirge West Bromwich Albion are offering up at the moment by talking about West Bromwich Albion of a different era. I uh, think we've got another great podcast lined up for you today. Uh, I've been talking to Dave Chaloner, who many of you might know, but for those of you who don't, he's Baggy Bird. He's been Baggy Bird for 17 years. Uh, he's got some great stories. Um, we're going to talk to him about um, how he's actually played a significant part in some of the massive moments that our club's had in recent years, about what it's like to be a, um, a, a full-sized man who dresses up as a bird for a living, uh, and what you know, he's been around the players, so some of the personalities, what he thinks, and so on, that's going to be great. Um, I think hopefully a lot of you have come to know us now. Uh, Woodman Corner is about um, um, an alternative view. We don't spend a lot of time talking about football, really. We spend a lot of time talking about nostalgia, things gone by, trying, trying to bring you stories that you don't have. Hopefully, you like it. If you don't, as I keep saying, please get in touch and let us know what you think. We are going to have a little moment to talk about football uh, today. Um, so after we've spoken today, we're going to come back. We've lined up a few Albion fans. Um, we're going to talk about who we think are our biggest disappointment um, of the year so far and what we would hope from them um, in the year to come. So uh, so keep an ear out for that. That'll depress you later on. But uh, thanks for joining us. And this is uh, myself and my colleague, Joe Chapman, talking to Dave Chanelat or Baggy Bird. OK, so we're here now with Dave Chanelat, who is... Uh, who is- Baggy Bird and seems to have forever been uh, such. Uh, Dave, thanks ever so much for joining us on uh, on Woodman Corner. Um, so we'll start off with a question we ask absolutely everyone. Tell us your favourite story about West Bromwich Albion. Um, personally, it's probably Sunderland away. Um, the the 1-0 Kumas game um, for a couple of reasons really. Obviously, uh, it was a massive, massive game for us. I think if we won, we're, we're practically promoted. Yeah. Um, I think it was the second time, second time round. And obviously, um, you know, it was... Looking back, it was probably like, like you guys said earlier, Tony Pulis display, you know, backs against the wall. Sean Gregan was immense that day, and we nicked it 1-0. Um, me, personally, I had a cheeky little touch. Um, them days, you could bet on, on back in the Albino, I always used to back 1-0 Kumas. And obviously, when Lloyd Dice, you know, uh, 90 mile an hour, um, <laughs> I'm screaming, just square it, just pass it, and I've, I've gone ballistic. Obviously, I think it was about 18 to 1 out of 10 on it, so uh, happy days all round, really, for, for me personally. <clears throat> Stuff happened in that game, obviously, um, at half time. Myself and, and E.D., who, who's done Baggy Bird, or Albie, um, now for, I think he's done it about 20, 20 years, 21 years. Um, Megson's called us in at half time and pushed us in the dressing room, and basically, Showed all the all the lads in that squad that this is sweat and dedication to the cause. It was quite a quite a warmed out there, and obviously we're dripping a sweat uh, after competing in a penalty shootout against their mascot at half time. <laughs> um, and yeah, I, I I basically bottled it, 
pushed EZ in front of me, who, who again was Baggy Junior, as it was called then. Yeah, yeah. That Albie didn't exist. That's right, yeah. Um, and he's, he's pushed us in there. Andy Johnson's given us a bit of grief and, <laughs> you know, gaffer's pet and teacher's pet and all that, but obviously Megson was, was brilliant for us and that's probably more most memorable game. The, uh, it's, it's an amazing yeah. thing to have been involved with. You know, the, 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 yeah, when you think about the nature of that game, I think it's about, what, that's got about 78 minutes in it. So it was nil-nil at half-time. You've actually played a part in the team. You know, whatever it is, I mean, Megson bothered to call you in. It must be an amazing thing, you know, for, for a relatively young man, you know, a, a key, key, game you were part of it weren't you well I wouldn't say it was it was you know down to us Megson was was good obviously people people have heard stories about you know the first time they went up he got players wives involved and he he was brilliant for us personally as as mascot he he saw us at away games with with black bin bags and and dressed you know not not great Um, you know normal not associated gear with with West Bromwich Albion he got us track suits he got us bags training bags um, you know, to to carry the baggy bird in, he made, he made the whole club for me a little bit more. And you were, you were saying Me- Megson would do, you were part of the game Megson tactics, weren't you? Talk us through. Yeah, I, I don't know about that either. Um, <laughs> yeah, there were cer- there were certain games at home. Obviously, we we was instructed to stay out uh, in costume, especially towards the end of you know um, end of the season, whether it be relegation or or, or staying up um, <clears throat> against. I think it was. Um, uh, Rotherham, obviously, um, yeah. you know, uh, we've stayed out. We've watched that ball cross the line. We, we've we've celebrated. I still have nightmares about it. Um, I think we'd have won at 14 in a row, I think. I think our record would have been... I think that, that was a... Obviously, we ended the game 1-1, I think. But yeah. if you look back, I think it would have been a... You know, we finished that season on, on absolute fire. Yeah. You know, and we probably wouldn't have needed the Eagle Ballis penalty had that goal been given, you know. Um but you know, even then, it, you know, it makes it sweeter. Obviously, against the the noisy neighbours now, you know, uh, <laughs> getting them points and you know, getting getting over the line. But from from the Rotherham game, Megson called us in and basically said, "You stay out. We we want you guys, you know, to stay out there, make as much noise as you can." Obviously, fans and stewards were telling us to, "You can't stand here. You can't stand here." But obviously, Gary I, says it. I'm 20 years old I'm petrified of Gary Nixon <laughs> um, so yeah whatever he said went to be honest um, and that was that was you out when the players were out <coughs> during the crowd you know, when it's most important he wanted you there to make sure that the, the crowd were up for it yeah definitely and and the atmosphere then I, I don't think personally um, you know our fans our fans are good but that, that period then was, was was special you know you look yeah. at the sides that have gone up now Huddersfield and that I think when we first went up you'll, you'll never recreate that as it got awards, didn't it? 2002, we were yeah, the best possibly. attended team anyway. Yeah, possibly. You know, and, and, and it was unexpected because when, when I was at school, obviously, we were we were terrible. Um, surviving relegation, I took so much abuse from Villa. Because and, and, I went to a school in, in, in Bearwood, uh, in Smedic. So a lot of my, my mates growing up were Villa fans. and You had a couple of Wolves fans. But and how old are you? I'm 30, 32. Oh, it's a similar thing. So I'm 36, and I mean, I'm from Albury originally, but I moved to Sutton Coalfield. So the same thing, absolutely circulated for Villa fans. And, and, and I mean, we were dropped. I watched the first game in 1987. We were just dire for that whole period. And it's like, it's hard to remember then. I mean, we were actually better than Villa now. I remember for the, for the first like, 15 years of my life thinking, we'll never be better than Villa. One never says beat Villa. I don't even think I'll ever say score against it. Yeah, that's right. No, we're we, better than them. I remember going there as a, as a fan. Sitting there in the FA Cup, I think Colin Moore got God, Colin Moore got two. Yes, Simon, Simon Grayson scored the first goal, and I sat in the Villa end, and I was, I basically I was a young, I was about thirteen, I was just hammering them, saying, "Oh, they've got some 
because I was obviously in the Villa end, I was pretending to be a Villa fan. And Simon Grayson's terrible. And then he scores from like 30 yards, and I'm thinking, oh, just shut your mouth. They've beat us 4 0. And I'm just thinking, you know, and obviously going to school on the Monday, you get, you know, oh. you, get, you, get the, you get the stick, you get, you know. And now, like on Facebook, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fisherman. I love fishing Villa fans and walks on day. <laughs> because I remember the days when, like you say, we were, you know, we were miles away. And there's some Albion fans now, which I can't get my head around. 17 years we've never seen anything other than Premier League football I know, yeah. and I think yeah. that's that's where sometimes the expectation comes from I'm like you guys you know I've never seen Regis Cunningham you know I feel a bit deprived of that yeah. as I talk about players like for me Kumas Dorans I, I love them kind of players who get you off your seat and I think potentially now they've got they've got them they've got very good players now they? Yeah, they've yeah. got a good you know good Nucleus. Well, in Field and Burke, you've got play. Yeah, you, you see, you've seen these kind of um, yeah top hundred young players in in Europe and blah blah. blah. It's not off, very often Albion have had players in that. You know, that's, that's a play, young players of of potential. You throw Lika in there and blah blah. blah. You know, there's, there's there's some potential. In, yeah, isn't definitely. There? I mean, um, speaking outside outside of this, I used to work at at Willingsworth Willingsworth School um, for Samuel Leisure Trust, and. Um, Basically, the Albion Academy used to be based there. That, it was a school of excellence back then, so years and years ago. I think I was about 16, 17. And you look back now, you had... <coughs> I used to speak to A.D. Boothroyd and Dan Ashworth in like a, and Mark Naylor, who obviously now is still there now, yeah. in like a small hut. And I'm thinking, how many of them players would have started at Willingsworth? And, and, and now you look at the academy and the foundation... That they've, mm. that they've got there you know we're probably academy wise we punch well above yeah one of the well top above. 10 con- clubs in the country really so, so this is this is always a bit of a you're the first person we've had on it that really kind of uh, has a proper association with Albert so you're probably a bit more careful with this but this is always this is always a bit about me trying to get people to tell that behind the scenes stories and blah, blah, blah. so I'm aware you've got to be careful and so on but, but can you tell us about like players you know, anything for any, any stories you can remember about players the <coughs> players you got on with the funniest ones the ones you maybe didn't what, what what, what can you tell us without getting in trouble? Club-wise, do you know, honestly, I, I've been there 17 years, 17 years now, 16, 17 years, and, and Baggy Bird, personally, you know, we've had no issues with anyone. There's been opposition fans, opposition players. <laughs> Tony Warner, he smashed, he smashed Baggy Bird's head off. Oh, yes, he did. Picked it up, put it on the net. It was, it was actually easy. I think it was Baggy Junior. I was there. And yeah. He picked his head up and he booted it on the net in the Smedic end because we used to do obviously fake handshakes and scoreboards. Yeah. <laughs> um, but from our, from our point of view, player wise, you know that I think as a club because they've always gone forward. Um, you know we've always every year I think we've kind of improved and you you know your your standard of play gets better. But I don't think there's any. You know, it's it's a boring answer, but I don't think there's any. What about the but what about the ones you what about the kind of the big personalities? You, you I've heard you mention Andy Johnson a few times. So I was getting the person he's someone you got on with. Who were the who were the people you sort of got on with best? They were the most fun that you they um, kind of banter with you the best. Yeah, I mean that that era obviously. Um, AJ's AJ's brilliant. Um, Jono's good. Peter Odenwingi, uh, he's another one for me. Um, he he's brilliant he, he's um, I'll run the Albion sports side and a few years back he gave us um, he sponsored us to, to run our side and without him you know obviously football's expensive he didn't have to do it I don't yeah, even know how it come it. about um, even when he moved to Stoke you know he sought me tickets out to go and watch him uh, <laughs> at Stoke you know he's for me it's a shame the way it finished because even now he's he's still our leading scorer I think I think yeah. Moz is quite oh, close yeah. um, 
but you know, I think history is two and a half years as well that he got those goals. It wasn't like he did it over quick, a quick. You know. You know. I think history's going to be very, very kind to Peter Edmund at the Albion. They get for, it's going to be a long while before we get a better Premier League striker than he is. You know, for two and a half million quid, and you know, the nature of the way he went, he was probably over 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 bordering. You know? I think, I think yeah. most most people are kind of coming around to him. I think once he retires, yeah. I mean, it, it, to score, you know, to score. To score three at Wolves, you know, he never, that, <laughs> for me the picture, yeah, you know, it's all kind of with the match ball under his hand and yeah. the three, you know, they're, they're they're memories that you can't, you know, I mean that could have been the last twenty minutes of that game, it could have been, oh, if you, where did he go? He went so quick. You speak to Wolves fans and it was, it went, you know, um, <laughs> just dragged off. Right yeah, there. it took like it took an hour. Whereas for us, you're just thinking like, you know, Simon Cox and just add another ten minutes. Yeah, just keep like. playing like, and I think on for me that day. When they played against Wolves, the 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 un, you know unsung hero was Mark Antoine Fortuna. He was brilliant that day. Yeah. You know, he did everything but score. Yeah. Um, you know Odewingi gets the gets the win. I think looking back now, you know that side there, you know Malumbu he was a character. Um, you know the the stuff. Um, Claudio Jakob is you, you know you asked me about players. Claudio Jakob's brilliant. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's so, so funny. Well, that was one thing I was going to touch on actually. You talk about Andy Johnson and that and that dressing room. Is there a difference? Because obviously it's a different era now, really. You're talking 15, 16 years on. And I suppose footballers are painted a certain way, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, but you, you know, even if you're from the outside looking in as a football fan, you you just have to look at Clary Jacobs. Yeah, he's character. funny. Uh, we, uh, first first dealings I or main dealings I had with him was through Tommy Langford. Yes. Oh, um, yeah. Good mates with Tom. Uh, really good you know, uh, um, boxing. I love my boxing. And, and basically, Jacko, the, the kit man Jacko and Gaz, yeah. they basically said, you know, Tom had just won his British belt and he said, oh, we want to do something for Tom, what, what can we do? I said, well, his favourite player is Claudio Jacob. So he said, uh, we'll, we'll sort out, you know, we'll, we'll get you down the training ground and, and Tom can have a cup of tea with Claudio. And he was just so funny. Yeah. Some of the stories he was like, he's a madman. He's English, he's English. I think his English is a myth. I think he's. His English is very good. Like Pochettino, yeah, pretending yeah, yeah. he can't. They don't, you know, they don't speak the language, but you know, ultimately, <clears throat> all the players at the club now, you know, they've got Jake Livermore. You know, just little things where when we we, we basically go out the tunnel at twenty five past two, so we're in the tunnel at the same time as the players, and yeah. like, they'll all they'll all go out the way to Salonia. You know, we're just the way the tunnel's constructed at the Albion, we're slightly down, so. They have to go out the way to come and say hello or shake your hand, mm. which they all, you know, they all do. Jack Livermore is another one who, you know, he comes across a nice, nice. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, is there anyone you've ever not got on with any Albion player <laughs> that's well in the past that you can kind of don't worry yeah, about like, oh, digging out? Um, yeah, no, nah, not really. <laughs> nah. Genuinely, I'm not. Yeah, we. I think if if people can't get on with a furry mascot. That's right. Probably says more, rather about, more about you than it does about the baggy bird. Cuddle, you know what I mean. <laughs> so, 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 tell us about the nature of being a baggy bird. You know, what, what, what's it like in there? What, what, what do you? How do you prepare? What you're wearing under there? What, what, what's it um, like yeah, walking you know, around with all that stuff on? Must, is it yeah. is it heavy? Yeah, and the, the the most two common questions when people find out that you're a mascot are, does it get hot in there? And have you ever had a fight? Yeah. And the answer is yes. He's very hot, and no, I haven't. And and there, you know, ultimately, um, the, the two most, you know, top family fortunes, uh-huh. top five questions <laughs> to ask a mascot. You must get asked, um, asked these two next questions very often. Do you get paid? Yeah, the club obviously it's a, it's a job. So, yeah. 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 So uh, you, you won't be retiring on it, I wouldn't imagine. No, no, no. It's, the, a hobby. Uh, it's a hobby. And um, 
uh, what was my other? Oh yes, the mascot race. So t- t- tell us how well you've re- you've re- you've uh, represented the Albion. Yeah, we've. Um, to be fair, the the mascot race is a bit. It's a bit of a, a weird one, really. Um, the the hunting tree mascot race, which is the main one, I haven't done that for years and years and years because they changed. They moved the goalposts somewhat. The criteria to get in, yeah. so you have to raise money for a certain charity. Which for me, I, you know, as baggy bird and mascot, I've got no problem. You know, mm. doing any charity work, I do. I do a lot um, with regards to you know, if anyone asks me to do events, if I can do them, I genuinely go and do it. Because for me, although we get paid to do baggy bird, the other side of the job is can you do school fights and that. And as long as the club, you know, the club are aware of it, you know, it's no drama on that. We, yeah. We'll go yeah. and do it. Whereas the, the mascot race, they they move the goalposts on it where they ask you to raise X amount for yeah, it gets certain external. charities and you know where for me we've all got charities that are close to us which we we'd rather the money go to. I love that mascot race they did once where they where they whip out some bloke and run run the hundred metres in about ten we, seconds. That's the last one we did it. <laughs> Was it really? Yeah. And, and the mad thing is you could bet on it. Oh really? Yeah, you could bet on it, and I've never seen I've, the, the queue of people. To go and collect winnings, I've never seen anything like that. <laughs> I, was, I was like, I think I was 33 to 1, and they'd never seen me run. I'm thinking, hey, where they got this from? I'm probably a 5,000 to 1 outsider to win that. <laughs> but I'm worse than Leicester. And then, like, we people knew though that mascot race. He was, um, he was an ex England athlete who was a 200 meter hurdle, hurdler. Yeah, so like, civil, civil Swan, the guy from Bradford, um, you know. People have tried to smash him at the start and got nowhere near him. Because like, they knew he was quick. He, he had no costume on, he ran in a fox outfit. And that was another reason why we, we never did it again. So I th- as I understand it, there's three reasons why you were a lucky omen. So you've already told us the Sunderland story and you've already told us how, how essentially it was you that got us promoted in 2002. <laughs> Tell us about Bradford. Your, 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 uh, your, oh, how, how you became our... At the, the, it wasn't Eagle Ballast that turned around our Pelly Fortunes, it was you. Um, I, I Obviously... Back then, I used to go everywhere with the Albion, um, and I've seen us miss so many penalties. Obviously, with people like Dave Holloway and John Homer, I used to go on the coaches um, and sit on there. And I, I'm pretty certain it was the the Preston away game. Uh, um, we might even have missed two that night. I think Scott Doby, Jason Roberts got injured. I, I remember it because I'm thinking, you know, we're close to going up here, and Jason Roberts got injured, broke his foot. <clears throat> I think it was that yeah, and. Um, Dobie's had a penalty and I'm thinking I'm, I'm not going to watch this now and he smashed it against the bar uh, I think they've gone up there and they've beat us 1-0 Alexander scored a penalty for them and I'm thinking we're, you know, we're just not going to go up here so from that moment then I never in fact I watched that penalty from that moment then I never watched another penalty so when Albion win a penalty Bob Taylor obviously who, he's a legend Bob Taylor you know um, <coughs> he, he plays the game wins the penalty Um I'm sitting. I'm I'm standing on the side in the in the Bradford, effectively in the Bradford end because we we haven't got tickets for the game. Cause we, you know we don't need them, but then Baggy Bird, you don't yeah. know if you're going to stay out or or whatnot. You're one of the thousands of people with obscure black country yeah. actors in the in the well, Bradford. Well, I wasn't end. even in there. I, I wasn't even in there. And there was like a little bit of a cutout at the side where yeah. it was unconstructed. It was like an unconstructed stand, so we just stood there. Obviously, we win the penalty, and I'm thinking. I'm not watching this and I'm in a white jumper and you can, I think you can see me on the on the TV I've got my head down I'm thinking I'm just going to watch their, their fans because if they basically jump up he's, he's been saved so <coughs> takes a penalty and there's like pockets of people just jumping up on the Bradford <laughs> and I'm thinking what's going on here like, and obviously then you realise how many Albion fans are in the <laughs> yeah, that's right. you know people going about Chelsea fans going in 
in the Albany end to watch them win the league, we was we was just a bad at Bradford because it was, yeah. you know, there were so many Albion fans in that end. And then obviously at the end of the game, my man's driving. I think it's on Monday, I think at the time, and he's got a sunroof, and I've got baggy bird and we're stuck in traffic, not going anywhere. I said to me, oh man, I'm just going to get the head on and put it out the, out the sunroof. So I've <laughs> I've gone out the sunroof and the old man's beeping you on. Everyone's like, you know. So I think that day everyone knew. There was no way they. Yeah. There's no way on earth. It's just they'd get beat up. I mean, I, I wasn't there. I was slightly too young to remember that. But all I hear are amazing memories of Valley Parade. And, yeah, know, it's brilliant. That that that. I think it was just the relief as well that you know Igor Ballas was about the 93rd player to try and score a penalty yeah, for Albion that season. Yeah. Like, oh my god, they've given it to Ballas. The, the funny story as well, obviously, he's, you know everyone knows it. He's he's basically just sitting there. I think he took one previous for us though in the um, Carling Cup. I think I think he'd already took one for us. I think that's right. Yeah. I think he took one yeah. and, and scored it. Um, just because he's so quiet, wasn't he? Yeah, like you know, and <laughs> there he is. he's just a he, coolest player. You know, so you've seen a lot of the Albion over over uh, thirty two years of, of um, or seventeen years of of, of, of playing this part. Uh, any favourite player from that time? Is it someone who would stand out as the person you've most enjoyed watching? Most enjoy watching. Um, for me, I, I think Kumas. Kumas for me. Kumas, I, know, I might go for Kumas or Dorans. You know, yeah. obviously the, it's mad because them two players now, you know, six weeks ago they wouldn't have got in. Into a Tony Pulis side where we, the the mix of Tony Mowbray for me is probably probably my favourite manager to watch. Although Megson was the most successful, yeah, Tony Mowbray's football was the that best for me. Winning season for me to go and watch. You know, people go on about Wolves now doing what they're doing. Mm. You know, I say we did that fifteen years ago. Well, not fifteen years. We did that seven years ago. Yeah, without money. Two thousand without, without loans. The majority of our players. You know, we, yeah. what Wolves are doing now. We 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 watched that ten years ago. Yeah, you know, they're That's always. A great side. Coron yeah. and We had the best midfield in the world. Yeah, we genuinely did. did. And we had a song about it. Great so, song. <laughs> as it went know. down. Um, and, and obviously, I think Moby was keen signing Morrison and Brunt. Yeah. And you look now. That you know, they're, still there, they're, they're still there. So, um, you know, even even them two players, you know, if, it's, it's tough. Kumas, Kumas probably, and Dorans. Morrison yeah, and Brunt. Yeah, I think I'd go with that. It's such a joyful person to watch. Remember, were you at. Um, Forest away that it went yeah, scored two. I've never ever seen yeah, anything yeah. like it. He was, was just a complete that goal joy. from the run from his own arm. Yeah, he, he, I think he finished Des Walker that day. Des Walker, both <laughs> yeah. he, he literally, you know. Um, but you'd have got some insight into his personality. Mean, the thing, and, and I've got a feeling I'm wrong with it. I always thought that the problem with Jazz Gibbs is he had all this talent, but he was an insular personality. Probably, probably couldn't do it on the big stage. But was that, is that right? Um, yeah. For, uh, to be fair, we had, forgot about this. To be fair, I had some. Decent night out with Kumas and Joe Murphy oh, yeah. uh, in Starbridge um, Thursday <laughs> nights, which probably should have gone. Uh, you know, it shouldn't have happened. But obviously, you talk about Kumas. You know, he lived in Hagley for a for a little while, and um, <clears throat> I was from Halsowin then, and I just bumped into Joe Murphy and and Kumas in Lloyd's on a Thursday night, thinking, "What are you doing? What are you boys doing here?" <laughs> I, got a game on I mean, I was uh, I was just working normal, you know, uh, nine to five job. And I'm thinking he's a footballer, isn't Premier League right? players at the time, weren't they? Uh, I don't know if I think he was just, yeah, maybe just short of Premier League. I think yeah. we just gone down that year. Yes, I think. Yeah, when Joe Murphy was um, there. When, when Murph was there, but you know they were good. And Lloyd Dyer, he was another one where yeah, you just didn't know what you was going to get with him. He was yeah. just he's still playing now, and he's you know effectively people going about the academy. He's come from our academy. Mm. He's had a good. You know, if, yeah, if he was to offer every boy at the academy now a, a career like Lloyd Dyer. I'm yeah. sure they're taking, you know, Premier League yeah. footballer, playing the Premier League. Still playing now. Still playing now in his mm. 30s. 
Um, but Kumas for me, just that game at Forest, you just do stuff that no one, you know, you just beat a player and then he'd, he'd go and beat a player again. Like, a bit like Jonathan Greeny, but then he'd have a bit more end, end product. <laughs> yeah. Well, well Andy Johns was talking about him, wasn't he? He said, you know, John who said, about yeah, in terms of the talent, and, and that he, oh, you probably know, he's just his absolute biggest advocate. He's saying, well, "Who's the best player you think you've seen like, across the last twenty years?" And I said, "Well, reluctantly, it sounds boring, but I'd have to say Johnny Evans." But to be honest, the most talented player, even though he's playing in the least talented team of the last yeah. twenty years, realistically, is Kumas. And I guess to say, you just wonder whether or not how he could could have took it further. He seems to me like a player who should have played top four. Yeah, I think he probably, I think he probably could have. I mean, I read a lot of footballers' books, and in Gerard's book, he, you know, he mentions him. He basically says, you know, as a kid, there was me and him playing in the same midfield, and and Kumas was miles better than me. Yeah. Uh, Stephen Gerrard's words, obviously. Um, <laughs> he said Kumas was, my, but I had, I had, you know, a bit more drive, a bit more about myself. Like yeah. he said, I, you know, I knew what I didn't do very well, and I improved on it. And we were, we were privileged to watch people like Kumas. I mean, the stuff we do now, you, you know, if you if you used to YouTube Jason Kumas, you know that the. the the skills at Wolves in the playoff games. Yeah, you know he's he's just yeah. absolutely. Mowbray gave him a new lease of life, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. He had his he had his problems with Brian Robson, and he came back under Mowbray, and and just he, that season, if we'd have been in the Premier League, of course, he'd have stuck with us. Oh, he? definitely. And I think like for me, people like Tony Mowbray, they're managers that you'd want to play for. I mean, we we had a little bit of dealing with with Tony Mowbray, obviously doing Baggy Bird and easy doing doing LB, but. Yeah. You know them, them kind of players, and I, I, I think now with with Alan Pardew, I think he's probably a manager that you you want to play for. I think. Yeah. Like he comes across as if he's, he says the right things. The fact that he's he's kept Sam Field involved. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying that they're going to play exactly the same football as what they played with with Tony Mowbray, but I think as a as a person. Yeah. You know, I think. They're, they're ma- there's a middle ground, isn't there? Yeah, you don't think, have to be one way or the other. Yeah, I, I just think like the the players, you know, Kumas wanted to play for Tony Mo- for mm. Tony Mowbray. Yeah, and I think these these players probably want to play for him. That's, that's right. He has a history of. Um of of being someone that the players have gone with. And Dave, thank you ever so much for, nice for, for joining us here. You you were you were top of the list when we wanted to get uh, get people in set, so we really appreciate it. And yeah, thank you for that. No problem. Okay, so thank you to Dave Chandler, who is a a, a confirmed friend of Woburn Corner and someone we we're really really keen to get on. Uh, you know, we've had um we've had a few footballers so far, but we're really keen to get the personalities around the club um, involved telling their stories about the Albion on the podcast. So please, uh, if you are a personality around Albion or if you're a fan, do get in touch. You can uh, find us at Woodman Corner on... You can find us at Woodman Podcast on Twitter um, or uh, get in touch with me, Graham Brown or Joe Chapman if you uh, want to come on and tell your stories about uh, being an Albion fan. So as I say, we don't like to dwell on the uh, monotony of being an Albion fan too much, but thought with um, with the end of the year coming up, it might be a good time for myself and some of the other Albion fans in the office to have a look at what they think has been the biggest disappointment of what's been a disappointing season so far. So I'll kick it off and then we'll move around to um, some of the others. It's quite a difficult task really because there's been so many um, disappointments, but the one I'm going to go for is uh, Gregor's Krakowiak. Um why do what would I put him, put him as a, the biggest disappointment ahead of the likes of um, Jake Livermore and Rodriguez and lots and lots of others? Well, um, quite because I expected just so much of him, really. Um, 
Yeah, Kokovic has an has got an incredible pedigree at his time in Sevilla. The massive fee that he um, commanded to go to PSG, the uh, the successes that he's had with Poland, and the fact that his game just seems to be so tailor made for the Premier League. He's a bombastic box to box midfielder that can be, do a bit of everything. That's not likely to be knocked about by the physicality of the game and that sort of thing. I, I was so excited. He said when he, when we signed him, he, t- he appeared to be the um, he appeared to sort of open the door to a new album, you know, a new possibility. We've got a lot of money and we're able to bring in quality players and we might be a um, mid-sized club from the black country, but look who we brought in. And, you know, he's never, he's never really done anything. Um, I still would come on to contest that he should probably be given a greater chance, but... Um, He's never really, really shown it for the album, and, and frustratingly, he's had a few good games for Poland while he's been uh, been with us. So that's why I would say it's the biggest disappointment. I actually don't think he's played as poorly as some probably most of his midfield counterparts. But he's not playing. Um, Pulis had stopped had stopped playing him. Um, Megson didn't put him on for a second in the first two games of uh, Pardew. He hasn't seen a a, a spot. I, I can only assume this is for non-footballing reasons, but regardless, whatever it is, I'm naming Krakowiak as my biggest disappointment because uh, because he he should be there, should be our best player. It just seems like an opportunity wasted. I think the thing that's really frustrated me watching West Bromwich Albion this season has been their inability to hold on to leads, and it's something that's unfortunately kind of continued throughout the course of the campaign so far. One thing that separated Albion from a number of other teams in the champ- in the Premier League last season were, was their uh, ability to, to win games, and if not win them, then they wouldn't lose them. Uh, that was on the road as well. You know, they'd go away from home and they would they would pick up points. So um, that's the reason, a, a major reason why they finished halfway up the table. And bar that poor run of form at the back end of last season, where they kind of just fell away, they would have finished in the upper reaches of of, of um, you know, eighth, ninth place. So it was a shame the way that last season ended, but they haven't really kind of taken that um, attitude as such into this season. And, and they've they've struggled really to to hold on to leads, and they've taken the lead a number of times. They've done the hard bit, and and then they've they've, they've dropped points. They've dropped ten points, in fact, from winning positions this season. Uh, it all started when they when they took on Stoke at the at the um, at the Hawthorns in August, and they're on a good run of form. They've won a couple of games. They've progressed in the Carabao Cup, and then. It all goes wrong with uh, Hagazi and Ben Foster making that mistake, and uh, from there they've they've dropped points pretty frequently. Unfortunately, the Watford pegged them back when they were two 0 up. Newcastle did the same most recently, um, and and then on the road as well, they've 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 failed to close games out, and they've conceded quite late against Tottenham at Wembley and against Leicester at the King Power Stadium. So largely, these are teams that they really should be winning games, um, winning games against teams that they should be beating, um, particularly. Um, you know the likes of Newcastle uh, and Watford and Stoke are all going to be around them at the at the end of the season most likely, uh, and they've all been on on home soil as well. So that's the one thing that's really frustrated me about Albion's campaign so far, and uh, we're hoping that we see a kind of an upturn in results and and of course a just an ability to to, to see out games at the back end of the of of, uh, of matches in the second half of the season. Okay, so that's it from us for Wubham Corner this week. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed it. We've got a big treat for you next week. It's a great interview with Liam Ridgewell. who will talk through some uh, some dressing room stories from the Roy Hodgson days and a bit more about what he's doing in MLS at the moment. Um, so thank you for joining us, Woodman Corner. If you like it, tell your friends. If you don't, get in touch with us. Tell us why we're rubbish. Cheers.